Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the Lodge Cast Experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Episode 105, The Woman in the Window. Hello and welcome to another edition of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeMaster with me as always is Brother Bishki. LodgeCast 2.0. Brother Lucas. Yo, yo. And Lodge Mistress Millie. Hey, 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 hey. We are uh, broadcasting from Lodge 2.0. We, uh, the Lodge Mistress and I have just moved residences and uh, upgraded lodges. That's that's where we're dwelling tonight. And our new dwelling has a lot of windows in it. And I've looked in the windows sometimes and I've seen a woman. I've seen my wife. And it, it brings <laughs> to mind this film tonight, The Woman in the Window. I know nothing about this movie other than Amy Adams is in it. Yeah. As I imagine the titular woman. But oh, yeah, for sure. That's it. That's all I know. So if you guys know more, tell me no more. Tell but, you no more? Yeah. Tell me no more about this. I don't this. know a thing about this like at all. I have zero <laughs> awareness. Um I have some words on the director, but if you don't want me to No, we don't want to know we don't okay. want to know anything before going in. I also we have want, some words on the screenwriter, but if you don't <laughs> No, I I have a tale to tell. Oh, I will God. say this. Lodge Mistress I has a tale. Know the author whom this book was written by. Whoa. Okay, so first and foremost, I listened to this book on audiobook and, and he's writing under a pen name. So I didn't know it was him. I went oh, to wow. Duke with him. Wow, some okay. inside baseball here. And his name, the let me just reveal it. Mm. His name is Dan Mallory. Okay, mm. He's the guy who wrote this book. And there was a scathing New Yorker article written about Dan Mallory Ooh. because apparently he is like, like a chronic liar. Oh man. Like, uh, like, there's nothing for some reason in this culture, there is nothing more delicious than someone who gets called out for just lying. Especially in the I mean, book world. To, to, exactly. to me, yeah. liars, exactly. liars are the worst because there's no, <laughs> there's nothing honorable no. in lying. Whereas like if you commit a crime, like you, like I guess you murder someone. Yeah, I guess that's not honorable either, but like there is a certain <laughs> honor to it. You know, like, like Lucas, I'll take issue with you on this. I do feel there's something honorable about lying. It's about telling a good story, which <laughs> Dan Mallory always could do. And I'm going to tell you something. So he wait, was, was yes. this a nonfiction book? Or? No, no, this oh, okay. is a fiction book. So why? Why can't you lie? Okay. Wait, wait. I'm no, saying, no, 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 no. He lied just, about his own life. Oh, okay. I think he got caught for lying about cancer. It was something. It was something mm. like a sickness or something. Oh, and he was like telling people. So it wasn't about the woman in the window. No, no, no. It wasn't <laughs> about the actual story. It was like in his own life. Right, and right. And he was like chronically lying in his own life. And let me tell you something. He told me a 
tail or two, which I would always repeat to people because I was like, damn, these things that happened to Dan Mallory are crazy. That's how lies spread. But, and he came to LA for like a year after, after he graduated from Duke. But anyway, my point is, even so you know though, this guy. I know him well. Oh, okay. We Jesus. were in place wow. together at Duke. Wow. But I will tell you this much: he's a great guy. I stand by Dan Mallory, <laughs> lies or not. He was fantastic, and I enjoyed the novel. I love knowing that you're loyal to liars. It gives me a little leeway in our marriage. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm he not going to. I'm not going to use it necessarily, well, but good. it's nice to know that I I'm have. Just that. saying, he was an amazing storyteller. So I, I, I can understand why he is a bestseller novelist. Right. Yeah. At least and he's, he's a really good actor too, BT Dubs. But yeah, at least he's not passing it off as nonfiction. Right. Yeah. Right. As news. But. but Amy Adams is back. She's back. She uh, was last in the Lodge cast <laughs> with a little <laughs> movie called Hillbilly, Hillbilly Elegy. Oh, right. AKA the Meemaw Chronicles. So let's see if she can bounce back from that. This also, I again, I, don't, I haven't even seen a trailer. I know nothing about this movie, but it does appear to be another entry in the rich pantheon of what the lodge mistress and I like to refer to as Amy getting dirty movies. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It looks like she's trying to play a little hard scrabble mm -hmm. and some people just can't do it no matter how hard they try. And Amy keeps trying to be a drunkard, sharp objects, hillbilly elegy. This I presume and it's it's always just fun to watch. It's fun to watch when an actor is really trying to hard scrabble it up. And maybe it's hey, maybe call. she pulls it off this time. Maybe third time's a charm, but I'm hoping she doesn't. <laughs> this is a big Netflix movie, easy to watch, fire it up if we tell you to, but we're not sure if we will. Okay. <sighs> well, let's let's uh, throw back the I'm sash excited. and look in the window and uh, see what stares back at us. Lucas is so <laughs> pumped for this. <laughs> Woman in the window, y'all. Liars. Let's do it. from woman in the window people we survived we saw <laughs> barely through the glass oh my Woo. god oh, before we get too far into it Fishy. What's that shot? from rotten tomatoes and a fox amy adams is an agoraphobic child psychologist who finds herself keeping tabs on the picture perfect family across the street through the windows of her new york city brownstone it's like slam poetry picture her perfect life, family her life is turned upside down when she inadvertently witnessed a brutal crime based on the gripping best-selling novel and adapted by tracy letts Shocking secrets are revealed and nothing 
<laughs> and no one are what they seem in this suspenseful, psychological thriller starring Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, Fred Heckinger, Wyatt Russell, Brian Tyree Henry, Jennifer Jason Lee, and the Julie Ann Moore, period. Wow. And that's Julianne Moore at the end. I mean, this this movie is star-studded. Yeah. <sighs> but to what effect? I yeah. mean, it's so silly. This movie is so silly. But there there is something to it that it's like that something smells good in Stinkville. There's something to it, the way it looks, the way it sounds, and the way it smells. I couldn't stay away from it. Like I want, I needed to know what happened. Let's hear like more about this AJ Finn, if we can. <laughs> yes, AJ Finn, Stu- aka Dan Mallory. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Mallory, tell, tell us some more about him. You know, Dan Mallory was this gentleman who was very kind of posh, very posh. Like, like I remember, like he was like trying to like explain to me about a rap song, and he was like, "There's this rap song that I like, and it's like um, um no." Diggity, you know, you've got to <laughs> it up. I forgot what the words you are. You gotta bag it up. You've got to bag it up. And I was like, <laughs> Dan. I was like, Dan. Like, that's Dan. That seems okay. like the mind you know, that wrote this, that wrote this story. He, and you know, here's the other thing. He used a pen name because he felt it was so like dirty and beneath him you yeah. know because he's very smart like he's like super smart like crazy smart and this is pretty like lowbrow i mean you know well it's like, it's so derivative like it's even very derivative. one of the first shots is rear window advancing frame by frame like amy adams <laughs> plays a movie old movie buff in this and just because you wear your influences on your sleeve doesn't mean that it's okay to completely ape them you know like there was also some shining callbacks with the monday like tuesday (laughs) wednesday title cards where i'm like is this supposed to add up or mean something other than just the monotony of her never leaving it doesn't matter what day it is but like when day titles come up day of the week titles it is my humble estimation that you should only be doing a week like when yes, it bleeds over sir. into the next yes. Monday and like, the next the Tuesday, it's like you feel you feel cheated. I was like, I thought this was fucking yeah. over by the time we were done with the week. Yeah. And now here we're starting with Monday again. Yeah. But, yeah. But one thing I will say is that in the book, she she has this sort of like online presence that they cut mm. out of the film. And it was probably for the best. Like I mean, Sandra like, Bullock in the net. Yeah, kind of. But, but what it did do that you didn't get from this was it established her as a good therapist. Okay. Which made mm. you sort of feel like why she could communicate with this guy, why she sort of beat him in the end. Because this, know, this, she like, seemed inept at pretty it, much everything. And that yeah. I do feel like was more aptly handled in the book. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No, I, th- I think Tracy Letts. So in, in regards to the, director and writer yes, who we couldn't mention <laughs> so joe wright i am a fan of generally yeah. um i think tell he's us a, what he directed he directed pride and prejudice the adaptation oh, I love that one. uh he did um atonement he did uh the gary oldman film about uh churchill churchill the darkest hour the darkest hour there's a bit of the uh, old atonement musical riffs in this where atonement had the 
typewriter keys as percussion elements. Yeah. This one has uh, Amy Adams pills as <laughs> percussive shakers, <laughs> nice. which is pretty funny. Yeah. So I'm, I'm generally a, jo a Joe Wright fan, but Tracy Letts, on the other hand, not big <laughs> fan. Uh, well, he's a playwright. Yeah, he did Friedkin's Joe, Killer Joe, and uh, Bug. Yeah. And this one has a lot of bug similarities, a lot of it's, going crazy in closed yeah. spaces. It feels Ugh. very much like a play. And some of the very much like a play. Some of the yeah. line readings and even the way that the people move around in the space feels like a video game to me. Like yeah. an independent video game where you're trying to figure out a very intimate mystery you know but he, I, I i second that because it's a very stylized lighting scheme in the apartment yes, too and yes. it's framed and com the compositions are beautiful like joe wright is a great shooter but she yeah it looks like, great yeah it looks did, great. like i didn't I, I didn't know it was him but i was like man it feels like fincher it feels like someone who's very like technical and smart and like knows what they're doing yeah um and like tracy let's adaptation to me felt like bad Aaron Sorkin or something. And it absolutely <laughs> yeah. felt like a stage play where every scene's the audition scene. Oh, it's true. Um, and, and at certain parts, at least in the beginning for me, um, cause I'd been vaping and I had a beer, I was <laughs> laughing inappropriately <laughs> at how over the top, like yeah. straightforward and dramatic it was like, yeah. I just couldn't help because like, it's Amy Adams, you know, and I'm still, I still have that residual. And it's dirty Amy too. It's hillbilly, just, I have just that, like we knew. Yeah, residual hillbilly elegy on my mind. And Amy Adams is, you know, shut in like we all were for, you know, 13 months during quarantine. And she's wearing her pajamas and leisure, like comfy clothes, like bathrobe. And <laughs> I called it the Homebody Collection by Kathy Bates. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd find uh, at Kmart. But, I uh, do want that collection. Oh, we'd both wear it. But yeah, I, as you, as you all witnessed, struggle to stay conscious <laughs> Uh, Poor LT. I made yeah. it like 40 minutes in and I kept waiting for the story to kind of kick in, you know, with those days of the week where I was like, it's all going to change on Thursday. It was yeah. the day it all like changed, but it just felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. We, we woke Lucas up and he said, uh, this is some vertigo shit. He said, the woman with vertigo in the window. And then he went back to sleep. But it did kick in at a certain point, and I gotta say, that's the Salad Dragon. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. I mean, would you guys agree? It's when she is capital A acting, stumbling around her apartment drunk, and that's when she witnesses the crime. The murder. The yeah, yeah. And she gives we were all just laughing our asses off. We try to keep it muted, especially when we're Netflixing it. But she she makes this face when she kind of like lulls her head back and looks at the grandfather clock and just like bulges her eyes out. <laughs> And there's that a, when she was rocking in the chair. That was that was a different part. Oh, sorry. She does so many fussy, drunken, actorly things in this that it is it is just hilarious to watch. And then you see Julianne Moore get stabbed in the stomach from across the street, and <laughs> you see this this giallo bright red blood just splash onto the screen. Oh yeah, yes. it's incredible. Like. It, that's the kind of shit where 
there's no chance I'd ever turn this off. I'm yeah. going all the way with it, yeah. even though it's just junk food. Yeah. <laughs> Why is she so drawn to these like drunk, dirty characters She's that she cannot dirty. pull She's off? I mean, I love her, but I just do not believe her as like a down and out, like desperado. There had to be a better actress. <laughs> Drug for this, addict. Right. Like, yeah. But Amy's in that spot where she can but call her shots. better for this? I don't know. But the one, the one issue I had with the adaptation and maybe the book is different is like, withholding the information of what her trauma is. They withhold the book okay. for sure. I find it to be like so tedious and frustrating and, and no matter what what the explanation, it's not a good payoff because you're just yeah. like, I really think I would have been more invested had you set up it. Right. Set just, up the, the backstory or, or, or the world and showed us the ordinary world or the before and then go into like the shut in because like right when it starts with her shut in and like with the scene with Tracy Letts as her therapist, <laughs> it's like, okay, you're not going to tell me what it is. Yeah. And I, I, I was too out of it to like piece together what the big twist reveal was. But like in hindsight, there's so many clues that Joe Wright gives you and it's yeah. like, oh man, this is like some end night Shyamalan shit. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to say it works better in the book because it's not something you can see better in the audiobook and better in the book because you cannot see it. So she's having these conversations with her husband and her child and you do believe it more in the book because mm -hmm. you, you, because in the, in the film, they don't show it. There's they no they did a good job in in a way yeah. because it's like all seems like it's like voiceover behind, but but you still are like this is weird that they're not showing it. But in yeah. the book, you don't get that sense because it's like it's again, it's like all happening in your mind the same way it's happening in her mind, so it's more effective. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. There's an M night quality, and there's also a color of night quality <laughs> that I was getting. Because color of night's got a lot of, you know, blues and golds. It's got a lot of bold colors. It's got a lot of psychiatry yes. and a lot of suspects. Yes. Bishke, you're right. Have you seen a lot color of, of night yet? No, I'm okay. waiting. Oh, Bishke, you gotta see I'm it. I'm waiting to Bishke. watch it right here with you guys. Yeah. No, 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 we'll watch oh, it at my, yes. my place. We'll no, watch we'll, it with we'll, you. We'll definitely watch it but on the big screen. There's mm -hmm. also a, a very similar twist in this to Color of Night, which we won't spoil. But I also got sliver vibes. There's a lot of sliver feeling you know, with the voyeurism mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just her general demeanor kind of reminded me of Sharon Stone in Sliver, where she's kind of just, you know, a non entity, haphazardly, yeah. you know, floating through the fucking yeah. thing. And, you know, there's Wyatt Russell, which I think there's some sort of uncanny valley thing because he looks so much like Kurt from certain angles, but yet I can't get on board with him. He doesn't seem to have the soul that Kurt has, mm -hmm. you know, and, no soul. and it's sad because it's like maybe if he weren't related, he, you know, of course he wouldn't be compared as closely, but uh, he's just, he's just not quite there for me yet. Yeah, I, I, I wish I, I could be with I, him. I have a uh, a similar yeah feeling, and I find like most children of iconic celebrity actors, like Dom Hall Gleason and Boyd Holbrook, <laughs> and yeah, John David Washington. Scott man. Scott Eastwood. There's yeah, just like, too much expectation. Like, I, I just like I, I I think like wow, good for you to like follow in your daddy's footsteps or whoever. <laughs> like those are big shoes to fill. Cast yeah. a long shadow, and you'll forever be compared to them, no matter what, no matter how hard you try. Right. 
and like some of them are more charismatic than others, but it's just Michael like at the Douglas, same, uh, the same time, I just feel like it is truly like nepotism and like, you know, people always make it sound like, oh no, but they're so hardworking and talented. It's like, no, they're just like royalty their legacy yeah, like it's like you gotta be extra good it. to overcome that i just like yeah. it, i really it's hard for me to to i don't know julianne moore on the other hand in her brief scene in this was having a blast and she looks fantastic yeah i mean how many uh, how many decades has she been in the biz you know yeah. and she is still just as vibrant and as sparkly and as amazing as she's ever been. But you that know? was so awkward scene. I'm sorry. Was it not? I thought it was I a loved scene. that scene. I loved it. I thought she was really drunk. Yeah, I, she was I believed, drunk. I believed that her and Amy Adams had brunched IRL hundreds of times. They had mm -hmm. that kind of chemistry to me. And I love, any, you know, regardless of what the stupid plot is, when you see a spark of chemistry on screen that's undeniable, I love that. You know, Too true, it's babe. rare. I like it. Yeah. It's rare. You got Gary Oldman. Oh my God. Oh, man. Coming back from Darkest Hour. When he showed up, I was <laughs> laughing again because he was just like like Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. He has a yes. he has a great line. Stay away from my son. <laughs> that's that's you can tell like he selectively woke up in in some of the scenes like there's a lot of scenes where everybody's standing around in like perfect like knives oh gosh, knives yes. out like oh. like a play positions yeah, Stage. yeah. Uh, Stage I, I did think stuff. of knives out yeah. when they were all in this when all the characters were in the same room or the same but frame did you ever think he was really the culprit he was too no. old he was not threatening i'm sorry i would, i never thought he was miscast i thought he should have been cast as someone who seemed threatening and like he could have like really done some damage. Well, Gary Oldman's at the point in his career where if he wanted to play the Amy Adams role, like <laughs> last minute, yeah, they'd just be like, yep, of course, Gary, go for it. Put on the moo moo, you know, go for it. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> so, I hear you, but did y'all think he was the killer? No, no, no. It's very clear who the killer yeah. is. If you're yeah. if you're doing economy of characters, you're like, who Could doesn't have any other reason to be in this movie <laughs> other than to be the killer? Right. Yeah. But we get a primal fear, Edward Norton-esque twist at the end. But it's hard to care. It's hard to care. I didn't fucking give a shit. Agreed. Like, yeah, I was. I didn't care. I was like, this is this is I trying. Didn't care. This you're is looking at the colors. You're you listening know, to the you pill bottles. From, you know, from the get go, Amy Adams is unreliable narrator. Yeah, unreliable. Things, things are going wonky, and from is she angle. isn't she crazy? And is her is her ten tenant in the basement like really there? Or like, <laughs> is yeah, it all, all unreliable? unreliable. <laughs> yeah, but. What shut me right the fuck up mm. was the salad crouton. Salad crouton. Salad crouton. <laughs> now, very late in the game, very late in the film, Amy and the killer are stalking around, stalking each other up on the rainy rooftop. And somehow she wrestles control of the knife. So she's got the upper hand, or so you think. But the killer's hiding right around the corner with a three-pronged garden claw, he jumps out in front of her, and I shit you not, he swings the garden claw as hard as he can, and it lodges right into the side of her face. Just smacks her in the face with it. All three it hooks prongs. Hooks her like a fish. All three prongs embed deep in her cheek, jaw, and neck. You see this 
very clearly. Yeah. I, I have never seen anything like that, especially done to someone like Amy Adams. Like it blew <laughs> my mind. So usually with these movies, with these Netflix movies, I mean, without a doubt, this is a laundry folding movie. Yeah. Oh, please do so. Certify it. When you watch the silly film, you should be folding laundry. Folding, folding, oh yeah. But the problem is this, <laughs> the scenes you really need to see are halfway through and at the very end. So you gotta you gotta do a lot of laundry to, to get to these parts. About, about yeah, hour and forty minutes. <laughs> but it's That's worth, doable. It's worth it. It's so worth it. Do all your sheets, do all your towels, do your drapes, make a window connection and do the drapes. <laughs> and maybe by that time you will just get to sit down with a glass of wine and take in the the dragon and the crouton. But yeah, it's a wine movie for sure. <laughs> my god we should have been drinking wine this whole time but yeah you guys have anything else to add about this uh this motion picture uh jennifer jason lee very underutilized oh, how many had a line. how many words did she say in this film? Uh, maybe a line. line i don't I know i didn't count one. Oh my god yeah what was that what why did she even show up that was my Vertigo reference was, so they establish Julianne Moore as Jane Russell. And then later Jane Russell shows up as Jennifer Jason Lee. And I was like, whoa, Vertigo. that to me was when the movie started. That was like 30 minutes in where I was like finally perking up like, okay, yeah, yeah. something's happening. You did wake up, <laughs> which did. was cool. Literally. It was fun watching you wake. It's like, you know, the story's clicking if Lucas wakes up and stays awake. Otherwise, it's over. <laughs> the part I really liked that I almost forgot about was <laughs> Amy Adams gets an email from a mysterious sender <laughs> and it's a photo attachment and in true like stupid suspense style. And I want, I would love to see if this was written into the script, but the JPEG loads like an old AOL dial up JPEG, you know, when you used to get like a picture, <laughs> like of a window that you're like, like raising like Cindy Crawford. And it would like slowly scan across her eyes and you're like, Oh my God, in 20 more minutes, I'm going to get the full shot. <laughs> That's what it did. And it slowly reveals to be a picture of her sleeping. And she's just like, Oh my God, somebody took a picture of me sleeping. And she drops her laptop. And the mm. screen smash pattern is completely inconsistent with how her laptop hits the ground. <laughs> the, these are the things you think about when you don't give a shit about the plot, yeah. you know? But it was nice to see that that JPEG load style happening. And yeah, they should bring that back. Because, you know, we could all <laughs> use... Suspenseful. We could all use a little oh, more anticipation man. in our lives. Start making like, like one gigabyte like, like, JPEG. Like where the yeah. protagonist <laughs> is about to get the crucial information, but someone calls him and like it kicks him <laughs> off. Yes. You know, like the AOL just crashes and it's like, no. Yeah, we need to go back to a dial-up based society. Yeah. It'll chill us all out a little bit. Definitely. Make, give us time to think about shit yeah. as, as the key lightning hits the triangle hole. Exactly. Well, I think it's just about time we go to them window bones. I can feel it in my bones. All right. 
right. Uh, the expert lodge mistress. You Ooh, kick it off. Yeah. Set the table. Yeah. You know, Pat and Mallory. There was a lot. There was a lot stacked <laughs> against this film. There were some shots that were amazing, but you were shaking your head a lot, and you were slapping your hand <laughs> onto your forehead a lot. I was like, I. <laughs> It was it was an ay 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 film for me because it was like this one location film, uh, yeah. and I do not like those films. I mean, I did not feel like the location was like really used that well. Like, I don't like one, but then again, I just don't like one location films unless That's there's fine. like a really good plot. It, it and I knew the plot. Maybe that was why it was yeah, so bad. Knew, I mean, I knew the knew. plot. I knew it all, and I was like just waiting for it to all be over. Was so. the Garden Claw in the book? I don't know, but I was genuinely shocked by that at the, in the film. So maybe it was, but I mean, that's like a thing that, again, that's like very visual and visceral. Sure. So it really worked for film. I don't know if it was in the book or not, but yeah, it's kind of funny if it's just written. But, but I will say that, you know, I love me some Dan Mallory. Yeah, you do. I love the man. I just you, love him. You hold the torch And I him. hold the torch. Duke, AJ Finn. Mallory Gallery. You know. Her Duke love runs my so Duke deep. My Duke love. He was in plays Blue with Devils. Me. Blue, Blue Devils. Blue Devils. And, you know, he, again, like he got really roasted and whatever, <laughs> man. I still love me some Dan Mallory. For that alone, I'm giving this film two bones. Two bones nice. for Dan Mallory. Lodge Mistress Millie will often, if someone's getting piled on, she'll jump on the other side and be like, oh, I feel for them. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. We'll reach out to Dan. <laughs> Dan, if you're listening. Smash and subscribe. Smash, <laughs> smash that subscribe button. All right. Uh, Brother Lucas, what us say you? For what? From what you saw. Yeah. Oh, man. This... Uh, Lucas is pacing back and forth like a caged animal right now. I love it. Um, yeah, so I didn't have as any awareness. I didn't see the trailer for this. And the title kind of says it all. Yeah, Because it, it is that rear window, body double. Uh, yeah, body double for sure. And then one of my personal favorites, which I thought of, uh, which I want to revisit now, is Copycat. Oh, yeah. Yes. Lucas Weaver and Holly Hunter. Um, but yeah, watching this, like I'm, I'm just so into plot, I guess, or pacing and <laughs> complex stories and narratives with like, you know, subplots and, you know, backstory. Now, to be <laughs> fair, the pacing <laughs> takes a hit when you fall asleep during some no, of it. I'm with you. Lucas. You, know? Well, you know what? You know what it was? It was like it was like the stilted rhythm of the dialogue because yeah. it, it felt very theatrical, like newsroomy. And I was like, oh man, this isn't real. Like none of this is real. The artifice is is apparent, and so I kind of was not yeah as invested or engaged, and I drifted. Plus, I was sitting next to Bishki, and I was like cozy and warm. Yeah, and you were very cozy, walking over our laps. This, this is our one of our mascots. Like it's Stephanie's just, a cat, not a human. By beautiful. the way, oh right, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Small woman just walking all over you while you watch. Um, but uh, yeah, this has all the right ingredients. Like I, I definitely feel like if Brian De Palma directed it instead of Joe Wright, like it would have been a little sexier, maybe mm. some more nudity. Yeah. Uh, you cut, cut any nudity. cut it down a little bit more. Just trim trim some of the fat off. So I give this one bone. This is a solid solid bone. Okay. All right, solid bone from LT. We're still way out of the woof rut, which is good. Good, good. But I also like my my my, my one final thought is the one thing I loved was how, how 
you clocked Lodge Master like in the beginning when one character shows another like this like rooftop and it's like I wonder if that's going to come back into the climax later like I wonder if that's going to factor into the plot later it's like the roof the glass roof needs to be reinforced it's very dangerous it's like uh, all right (laughs) see how Batman's going to come crashing through there later all right brother bishki i, I mean I, you, you're gonna be nice to this one aren't no, you? I, i'm in lodge 2.0 you can't you can't <laughs> knock that and uh i'm not gonna give any specifics but lodge 2.0 is very comfortable nice and i'm really loving it very and spacious you've had some sips to help you through I, i've had some sips to get me through the film uh we carpooled over here so i'm safe to go home and uh no um so that was excited for the film because it was supposed to come out in April of last year. It was supposed to come out in theaters. In theaters. And this Whoa. should have been a theatrical, yeah, but wow. for whatever reason, Netflix got it. So I was excited for Joe Wright. But then uh, our buddy Tracy Letts, I'm not <laughs> wild about. I think you had kind of two films. You got the rear window Hitchcock thing going. Yeah. And then you got, you know, the Descent into Madness, you know, kind of repulsion thing going. Yeah. And it's a tough thing to combine because mm-hmm. your person that's trying to figure out the story is unreliable yeah. and it's an unreliable detective you know imagine jimmy stewart out of his mind like with- the the angles and the things that she sees should be and can be misunderstood but her herself should not be unreliable like that, that is the problem it's it's a big problem if you're doing a detective movie and you know jimmy stewart alone and insane just doesn't work if it's rear window it just doesn't work <laughs> the woman in the window now so um so i'm gonna join lucas Ooh. and but well no i'll give it a little lodge 2.0 bump and make it one and a half bones because nice. i like joe wright and what's this guy's name from duke dan mallory dan mallory Probably had a good book on his hands that Tracy Letts couldn't figure out how to adapt. Um, so I'm going to give it one and a half bones. One and a half bones. That's some love and light. We should also mention that uh, Brian Tyree Henry is in this film as a detective. And this is his sixth Lodgecast Yeah, can appearance? I just briefly list... <laughs> All his Lodgecast appearances. That's got to be some sort of like. Brian Tyree Henry started in the Lodgecast with the film Hotel Artemis, then Widows. <laughs> then he came in with uh, Child's Play remake, yeah. Joker. And then he was in Godzilla versus Kong. And now he's in The Woman in the Window. His wow. sixth wow. appearance. Wow. Nice that is a hall, that's, that's a Hall a of Famer. Eclectic. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a big filmography. Well, like I said, I couldn't take my eyes off this, even though I took my ears off of it and I definitely took my brain off of it quite a bit. But there's something about it. There's something about just a, you know, meat and potatoes, self-proclaimed thriller, even if it doesn't thrill, that I can't, I'm powerless over it, you know, like, and you got, you got dirty Amy doing her thing, which just like (laughs) draws me in even more. You got Gary Oldman showing up. I had no fucking clue. Jennifer Jason Lee showing up out of nowhere. Julianne Moore, like the hits kept coming and it was enough to keep me invested enough with my eyeballs to, ah, I got to give it two bones. I got to give it two bones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's a perfect laundry movie. 
And what more could you ask for on like a lazy weekend afternoon than yeah. Woman in the Wind? <laughs> it's a lazy summer thriller. Very lazy. <laughs> very lazy. Very light on the thrills. So I do wish, you know, there there were so many points where Dirty Amy and Wyatt Russell were like kind of looking at each other. And we were all just like, please just make out. Just make out. Yeah. It, they just didn't quite get there. There needed to be a little sexy time in this. Mm-hmm. We need to see some sexy time. And if Amy. Like a shower bath. She was in the bathtub, I think, at one point. But it point, wasn't but sexy. No, no, she was looking at she old. Was, she was yeah. annoyed. She had old, to get out and like answer the phone. Or she was something. looking yeah. at old videos of her family. Like, Right. Maybe it's just me, but I don't sit around looking at old family f- videos on my iPhone while drawing a bath. Maybe I should do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just not very realistic to me. No. She'd be watching like uh Real Housewives Grey's Anatomy or something, yeah. But anyway, two bones from me. It was a it was a delightful evening to watch it with you guys and to try in vain to keep it muted. We could not. We were laughing no. our ass. Man, off. I laughed pretty hard too later at the towards the end of the movie when Amy Adams had her big like Oscar scene. Yeah. And it was just tour de force. And Amy Adams is great. She did good, but like it it just felt like a parody almost. It was mm-hmm. tour de farce. So over the top. Yeah. We're gonna follow you, Amy. We're following you. Dirty Amy, we'll follow you to the ends of yeah. the yeah, make no mistake. I love me some Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll go all the way. You need to team up with Mima again for Hillbillyology <laughs> sequel somehow, like origin story yeah. or something. Tony Roma's. <laughs> Tony Roma's origin. <laughs> oh, man. All right, boys and, and gal. That Thank was you. Woman in the Window. Thank you for your expertise, Lodge Mister. Oh, yes, yeah. thanks for spilling the tea, as yeah. it were, on Dan Mallory. My pleasure. Always watch out for the Woman in the Window. Love and light. Love and light, Love y'all. And light. Love and light. Diggity.